Anapanasati, self is, um, it's like a, a thread down which we can follow the process of letting go. Rather like uh, the process, I would suggest, is like more a descent into the unconditioned rather than the kind of climbing up into it. But it's rather like lowering yourself down on a rope. You know, you have to actually hold a little bit and then let go a little bit and know how to, otherwise you just crash. You don't just jump off the top. It's a matter of, of holding, letting go a little bit, then trusting, you know, the the, mo- the, the, the downward pull, going at a speed, going in a way in which you can stay conscious, stay aware, integrate his experiences. So sometimes you get um, <clears throat> so that it's it's really awareness is really not a a, a problem or, or a big issue or, or an attainment. It's a matter of integrating awareness into into this living experience. This is what waking up is about, how to integrate the unconditioned into the conditioned. Uh, integrate awareness into thinking, breathing, feeling, touching, seeing, tasting, so that these activities, which are born from through a lifespan, can be orchestrated, can follow awareness. This is the relationship. And the meditation is is a is a relationship experience. Some give, take. Most people will <coughs> find that the primary source of the difficulties is the doing, doing mind. You know, the doing mind. Does the can't actually do it. <laughs> it's what it's our our primary relationship and response to life is to do it. I'm going to, not going to be alive. I'm going to live my life. <laughs> you know, so even life itself is because it's something that one you know this I am does. I will now live my life. Uh, So you get uh, the, the doing, you get a kind of gridlock of, of injunctions and expectations and ideas that actually seize up the whole system. So the naturalness, this one, one doesn't recognize or tune into the naturalness of the process, simplicity of it all. doing. Now that awareness doesn't actually follow orders, we have a totally disobedient mind, 
And this is something to celebrate the complete and utter disobedience. <laughs> Even while the, the skipper stands on the bridge ranting and raving. <laughs> and the ship does not budge an inch. And uh, so all that happens, it, it, because awareness is just that is a... Uh, is a sensitivity, you know, it's like you, like water, uh, the mind, if you like, as a container of awareness, uh, is, a, is like a, a, a lake which contains water, it's a certain shallow, certain kind of carved out area that contains the water, and the water is awareness, if you like, and the circumference of the lake is, is the mind, the boundary of it. That boundary can shift and change, it does. We can develop the extensive mind, the abundant, the uncramped. And uh, also we can develop the very refined and pinpoint. But these do not, um, these, the, the boundaries of the mind are dependent on awareness. So the mind is the thing that we associate with as our, what I am, what I want to be. So very often one tries to juggle awareness by shifting the mind. Saying, do this, be this, be concentrated, be wise. But awareness doesn't follow orders. All that happens is you get ripples run across the lake, you get startle patterns, you get panic patterns, you get turbulences. So that awareness is just shimmering. And one feels confused and strained, dizzy and dull, tired. And actually nothing really conducive has occurred at all. So we have to get out of this um, injunction mode. But it's not to say that letting go requires no discipline or skill. It's not just a collapse. Because if you collapse, then what happens is you get random injunctions come up. You know, completely chaotic orders. I want this, give me that, help. You you don't get out of of that system through collapsing. You just get a different set of of instructions. (laughs) So what is required, but the, the awareness will follow perceptions. Perception is a different thing from a karma formation, which is an instruction or an order, a volitional thing. Perceptions are things like light, space. Um, You can have visual perceptions, which are light, for example. Uh, Emotive perceptions, such as warmth, friendliness, love, kindness. Faith perceptions, awakening, wisdom, and so on. And these are, so it's like saying, you know this. You know this, just bring this into, just, just rest into this, rest into light, rest into space, rest into warmth, rest into flow. Trust that, just go into flow. Bring up that, even that word in your mind. And get some kind of, you know, a visual image, at least the perceptual heart image of flowing. And just trust that. 
see what happens. Then you know, you well, then what am I supposed to be doing here? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to make it flow? <laughs> I can't do this letting go stuff. <laughs> so, so, why, you know, the body is, is a very good thing because then this go, the body knows how to do it, doing it all the time, breathing in, breathing out, quite happily. So just going to something that, that knows what to do. When you, when you, the head doesn't know what to do because it, it's, it's never been in touch with anything apart from its own <laughs> speech. <laughs> so you're just going to something that flows, like you're breathing. But it has to be very simple, the, the way of going to the thing. So we don't do breathing, you don't concentrate on the breathing, you don't meditate on the stop meditating and concentrating and <laughs> and just like be aware of the fact that one is breathing <coughs> or breathing is occurring so, uh, so rather than concentrating just ask yourself I, am I breathing is there breathing how do you know you're breathing what's that if that you know, maybe just a subtle shift of energy that you experience. And listening to that. Like you're, you're like you're hearing a number of voices in a room, but there's one particular, somebody's saying something quite interesting, so you cock your ear to that. What's that? Like listening to that. What's the accent? Rather than the words, what's the accent? What's the tone of voice? So you're listening emotively into, into that breathing. And you may pick up, oh, how do you, then with mindfulness, you, how's, how's this happening, how's the body experiencing the breathing? Maybe it's a slight tightening of clothes or uh, on your chest, around your waist. You get pressures, like pressures and inflections like that. Be very simple about it and then content to be that. When the head comes up with all kinds of elaborate instructions about what to do with this now, and uh, you know, having to develop it, <laughs> you can feel your energy kind of start to sizzle and uh, go elsewhere, and then just you know, relaxing it, resting it. And when you do, so that, just keep in touch with that. So very often it's the case that the first few seconds of the meditation period, maybe, you know, are quite all right before you start to figure out what's going on and do it. (laughs) You're just sort of sitting and it's rather nice to sit down with nobody's bothering me. It's all right, you know, temperature's even, nothing to do, it's nice. Breathing in, breathing out. And then <laughs> now you can do something with it. <laughs> this, this isn't, an, you know, it's, it's instinctive. You can't just sit there and let it happen. Or kind of work ethic. So 
So notice that, that after a while your awareness starts to bend from being like an open space, it bends into, starts to press onto the breath. You can feel yourself tighten around it and then you call this concentrating. You know, I'm concentrating now, I can feel that kind of miserable tension building up. <laughs> you know, it's, it's samadhi. Huh? <laughs> That uh, headache coming up, yeah. It's <laughs> um, be there any moment now. And it's funny why it seems suddenly stiff and tight, and then those feelings start coming up that, that rebel against this experience. So my concentration is continually, you know, you have to struggle with it because you have to keep concentrating because all these strange energies come up. Do you know when those strange energies come up? Why do they come up? <laughs> Because it's, the, it's the, the awareness that doesn't obey orders saying, get off my back! <laughs> get that meditator out of here. <laughs> so, but of course, we don't, you know, you think that you feel it disquiet, so that the tendency is then to, right, now you really got to get in gear now. You know, the police move in. <laughs> uh, and you know it gets really quiet so that that in no time at all it becomes uh, conflict, warfare, armed combat. What about if we just you know just rest awareness in the present moment? So don't even bother to put it anywhere. Just just start being arresting uh, yourself. In any any compulsion to do or make, acknowledge it. See what happens in your body. See where you what part of your body you feel present. Whenever an injunction comes up, whenever a, a kind of right, let's get up, let's do, let's get going. Whenever that comes up, which parts of your body come up on the screen? And you, you generally experience it as a tightening of some kind, maybe your neck head, upper shoulders, hands, your belly stiffens up. Because that's the way to, to, that one operates. So just acknowledging that and make the deliberate uh, action of, of, of undoing that. Now, it may be the case that that's so instinctive that one has never actually relaxed in years. Um, we don't know what it is, really. You know, diminution of tension, but you don't, one doesn't know. You know, the body's actually grown into that pattern. Street life and so on. You have to wear armour. Yeah, because stuff just comes punching into you. So, the experience of of uh, of the jitta, of the sensitivity of the mind, it's a pummeled, pummeled by traffic lights, pummeled by noise, pummeled by TV, pummeled, 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 pummeled. <laughs> so it's just a continual kind of shattering e- effect. And so, in order to hold it together, you stiffen up. And there's a certain screening effect where you just 
you know, you, you tighten up to actually avoid and shut out impingement. How else would one get by? So if we, but then if we, you know, actually access the body, sitting posture, and then begin to use or relate to the breath like a massage, you don't have to make it do anything, let it do something for you, breathing through the body, breathing through the shoulders, breathing through the hands, breathing through the neck, getting the breath and the body to work together so they are partners and friends, holding the body so the breath can access the body, the flow of energy can flow through the body, the upper body, the eyes, and that affects the mind because then we are, we receive, we receive the body, we receive your breath, and it's, it's, it's um, something very uh, gentle and beautiful about this being given to you. You, know, you don't have to work for it. Receiving yourself. So, and then that the even the very perception, like the idea, what that signifies, to receive, to be someone who is given things. Is uh, affects now that affects awareness. Awareness begins to oh, rest and feel happy, just like you're trusted and you've been given something. You don't have to work for it, prove it. So that perception, the jitta, the awareness does follow perception. The perception of being trusted perception of being welcome, perception of um, being given things, allowing, it does follow that, it calms, it opens, it comes out of the stiffness and the defensiveness. As to work around that, that uh, how to use perception. So bring up just the question, how tall are you? How tall are you? Then allowing yourself to be, say now you can be as tall as you like. The idea or the, the perception of having infinite space around you, that you can move into, you're totally welcome to expand into, nothing kind of pinning you in. Having infinite time, there's no hurry. In terms of, of awareness, that's, that's, that's totally valid. What is around you? When you begin to, say, bring up a perception like all the time in the world, all the space in the universe, then you you know you begin to realise, hey, you know, I've been living in a little box. <laughs> you know, you've been pinned in, because most of the time one is pinned in. You know, 
Either you've got your time slot, or you've got your little metal box that you shuttle around on the highway with, with other metal boxes, and kind of avoiding each other, and everybody's tightened in. And you've got your little boxy office, and your boxy elevator, and you sit in your place. And s- yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and then you get too close to somebody, don't touch, don't, get, get away in my space. And you accidentally brush somebody, I'm sorry, I touched you. <laughs> you know, so, so you get very, you know, when you're like that, then and you're all tightened up. And you get very sensitive too. So, and, and for when one's meditating in a group, you can recognize that. You're sitting in these creepy energies, some of these creepy energies are coming over me. <laughs> Somebody's rustling, moving, breathing, living. Oh, somebody's living near me. <laughs> we cut out all this life stuff. We live in a totally sealed off hermetic vacuum where I could finally calm down. But you can imagine, you know, where, where did the, the Buddha practice and all these, these Arahant disciples, they weren't living in kind of, you know, temperature controlled. <laughs> they were out in, the, you know, out in the forest and the jungles of India. It's a pretty rough, noisy, you know, experience. Things just barge in on you. Flies and bugs and mosquitoes and things like that. They weren't living in sort of floating air cushions with hydraulically propelled Zafu's <laughs> supporting them. It was on your butt on the ground. So, but then you notice actually if you're not tense, you can recognize these things but they don't stick in you. You relax. You actually consciously, deliberately welcome, you know, acknowledge and welcome. It's okay. No, no issues here. The, feel, the physical feeling, you know, the s- sort of subtle sounds going on. You know, whoever it is that plays a xylophone in here every evening on that central heating system. <laughs> That's all fine, you know. It, it, so, like that, you know, you, you, because you, you relax, then you can, you can, those things are there, it's true. But because you, your awareness is, is relaxed and soft, it doesn't it doesn't react. It doesn't go into spasms and tighten and try and try to protect itself from these things. So these things don't stick. It's the resistance to phenomena that imprints them onto your awareness. It's the resistance. You know, like you push against something, you'll feel it, won't you? You press your hand against something and push it away, you'll definitely feel that thing that you're pushing away. So it's that. The contact is your responsibility. It's not that there are things out there jumping in on you, or things in your head, or things kind of buried deep. They're going to kind of leap out on you. Contact impression is, in the Buddha's analysis, is a, a karma formation. This means that it's an activity. There's a, there's a strange appetite that, it, that is responsible for that. 
either we, we seek out impressions or we try to push impressions away. Both of those, one is positive, one is negative, but both of those stimulate and highlight impression. So if I say, now, for the next hour, whatever you do, don't think the word elephant. <laughs> elephant. Stop thinking elephant. Elephant. Stop it. Elephant. <laughs> what kind of elephant? African, Indian, Jumbo, Dumbo, flying elephant. Stop it. Stop it. And then just giving yourself the instructions to not think the word elephant. You know, it keeps coming back. So contact impression, yes, that's a volitional tendency. So when we sit here, then awareness, and you can feel the warmth. The room may be slight movements of air, cool, cooler drafts of air. And hear the sound of the heating system, people sort of shifting around a little bit. Maybe you've got a slight rasp in your nose or something like that, pressures in your body. And if that's all acknowledged in awareness, you know, awareness is okay with that, we're not defending ourselves from it, then it, it loses or it does not gain a kind of uh, surreal dimension. So within that, that total field, then we're just listening and then, are you breathing? How do you know you're breathing? So that is called vitaka, which means the, like a decision to, to point in a particular way within that field. So because that's what you're interested in. These other things are there, but you're not interested in it. And this is something we do most of the day, actually. You know, you're driving to, to work, and you, you don't bother with the billboards, and you don't bother with everybody else in the car. You know, you, you keep focused on the traffic lights and you screen out. Because that's, that's what you're interested in. And you can actually drive along and hold a conversation. And you can focus on that and you can flick between the two. So this is a normal function of mind just to choose and select. But at that same time, when you're driving along, you're ready to, hopefully, that, uh, you know, to, to drop the conversation and go to the brakes or the, or the gear or whatever. Or, you know. So it's just poised not obsessive. Vitaka is that, just that tuning in. It's like you're tuning in a radio station to pick up that particular thing. But be careful with that because it's not, you know, coming from a get rid of everything else, do this. You know, you don't put too much effort into it, otherwise you just get this sense of trying and pushing that then actually heightens the, all the phenomena that you're pushing away. And then vichara is the, is the moving around on that. So, are you breathing? And then, so what's it like? Yeah. It's, it's moving, exploring, tasting, feeling it. You won't know immediately. There's no hurry, just, just like getting to know somebody. What's it like? And you feel it, you know. Okay, just roughly. Well, it's sort of flowing. Okay. 
So then the perception of flow, and then what? Well, it's um, so so length to it, um, there's and it is vitality involved with it. You get particular energy there. There's flow. There's vibrancy. It's shifting and changing, and keeping it like that. If you can do without the words, even better. So, as the words would tend to stimulate thinking. So if you if you can just try to almost like visualize the breath in your mind's eye or emotionally relate to it, relate to it on an emotional level, just a, uh, as a friendly or a, or a comforting or a happy experience, something that's just working through you, rather intimate and friendly, you can trust it. So that, that takes some time, you know, so it's, but you've got this one breath, another breath, so you work with that, keep going on that. It's more like acquiring a, a palate and a sensitivity to savour and enjoy. How big is your breath? How small is it? Is it long? Is it fat? So we can start with ideas. Our breath goes up and down. It goes up and down my body. Does it? With a suggestion like, well, let's have it going width ways instead. We imagine the breath as being a fattening experience. So just fattening fattening and widening, allow your body to go very wide and fat, a nice big round fat body. So, and so it's rather like a ball, a big soft rubbery ball that, that flexes with the breath, like some sort of skinny up and down thing. And you may find that more something that, that your awareness enjoys that perception, finds it more easeful, more centering. Because if you don't discipline yourself to encourage particular perceptions, perceptions that are conducive, then what will come up will be the habitual perceptions other things like to do with um, fear, getting it wrong, you know, to do with uh, shame, can't you know you hope you can't make this associated with compulsions of various kinds. Don't be lazy, hurry up, get on with it, kind of thing. So these these mental shadows will then affect awareness. So this act of letting go isn't, if you just, it's not just that, it's simple but it's graduated. The Buddha said, I teach a graduated path. Because that's the way it is. You've got to, to carefully acknowledge and deconstruct afflictive perceptions that perhaps one isn't even really fully conscious of. They become so normal. 
so so uh, ingrained that we think it's real. So then actually deliberately evoking or opening up to perceptions that are more conducive, that are about light, freedom, ease, steadiness, calm, trust, benevolence. And in these maybe visual images, sometimes people use visual, uh, deliberately evoke visual images, visualize the breath. Or even visualize or evoke awareness as a deity, bodhisattvas, Madonnas, Elvis, whatever. <laughs> it gets you going. <laughs> even the Buddha, poor old Buddha. Uh, <laughs> gets a bit of a bad press, yeah, partly because uh, I think Buddha images, you know, see, see this kind of, you know, funny looking guy, and you get the menacing Buddha, because yeah, as soon as something's up on a pedestal, then it's immediately, you know, the boss, looking down on you, better than you are, get to work. This <laughs> 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 This is... This is the menacing Buddha. And it comes out with these kind of lofty statements that you haven't made, you haven't lived up to yet. So, you know, the colonel. So, you know, think more of the medicine Buddha than the menacing Buddha, and the, the healing Buddha, the loving Buddha. Yeah. Kind of, you know, the qualities of Buddha wisdom, compassion, uh, the great friend. You can't make it with Buddha. Don't don't worry about it. Just use something else, because these are really only images that are conducive to to awareness. That that then awareness will follow those. It follows perception. It can't. It, it those are the that's what it will for. Just as as uh, you know, with a with a lake, you can tell that you can look at that lake and say, "You run downhill. You run downhill. You don't do anything." You run downhill. I tell you, run down. You won't do anything. You just carve a little channel, tiny little channel, and it'll flow down that. So the perceptions are the things that that contact awareness. That's what it's in touch with. So as you know, you, you kind of some of those perceptions are afflictive. The things that press in on you, dreams and moods. And those are all the, the impressions coming out of the frustrated jitta, the frightened jitta, the pummeled jitta, the traumatized jitta. So, you know, then those things come up naturally. But then in this practice we are finding ways to conduce, to evoke the blessed one. Where's the blessed one? The blessed one is wherever you give your blessings. <laughs>